What is up? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs. This is your hobby content alternative. Hopefully you all had a very, very nice Thanksgiving. Sitting on the couch full. Maybe you're driving around, dropping elbows, trying to get those deals on Black Friday. Maybe you're traveling wherever you are. Thank you for joining Stacking Slabs and making this your hobby content alternative. I am joined in this conversation by Ryan. He goes by Mind Cycle Cards on Instagram. He posted a photo of his binder that had a Jokic gold prism rookie in it not too long ago, and I thought this was pretty damn cool. So I'm bringing him on the podcast to talk about his collecting and why it is important to collect for ourselves and no one else. If you like what I'm doing over here, follow, subscribe, hit all the buttons. Most importantly, tell a damn friend that you're enjoying the Stacking Slabs podcast. Without further ado, let's kick into the conversation. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs. Excited about this conversation. I was just chatting with our guests. Um, I think my first exposure to his uh, collection and Instagram page came way of Kyle from Wax Museum. I think when I was finding my footing, getting back in the hobby, I was listening to an early episode of Wax Museum, and uh, the, the guest today was on, and I'm joined by Ryan you might know him by Mind Cycle Cards. Um, we're going to just talk about, he had a post uh, uh, a few weeks ago that involved a, uh, a certain rookie, gold prism rookie card that was in a binder that I think set shockwaves throughout the community. So we're going to talk about that, just talk about collecting and especially team collecting. But uh, without further ado, Ryan, welcome. How are you doing, man? Yeah, thanks, Britt. Thanks for having me on. Doing good. Awesome. Uh, maybe let's start with the basketball of it all, because I, I know you're obviously based on your collection, a, a massive Nuggets fan. Yeah. Um, but before we get into like where it all came from, like what are your what are your thoughts on the current product? Like, are you happy with how the, the season has gone so far? Uh, what are your thoughts on the current team? Uh, actually, yeah, it's been it's been great. I think having uh, Jamal Murray back has really been helpful for us. I mean, he's still getting his footing a little bit, coming back from that ACL injury. Uh, I think his, you know, when, once he played his first game, that was the first time in 18 months <laughs> that he's been on the court, you know, due to that injury. So it's nice to see him back and getting back in with Jokic and stuff like that. I like the moves that we made over the offseason. So we got, I don't know if you follow the Nuggets a lot, but we got um KCP on the team now, Bruce Brown, uh, who we he brought over. He's been really great on like the defense side. KCP's been pretty good on like the offense side. So we're looking pretty good. Yeah. So uh so that I, I have watched a couple Nuggets games. One was against my Pacers, and yeah. uh it, you know, uh Jokic was in foul trouble. He I think he got had five fouls <laughs> in like the first half or like going into the third quarter. And I as I'm watching this game, like the the, the Pacers were like up the entire game and it, they had no business being up, but Jokic was out. And I just remember like, as I'm watching this team and I, I was like, I texted a buddy. I was like, this Nuggets team is just like at, all healthy. They're loaded. They have like yeah. a bench. They've got M Michael Porter Jr. Murray. It's just, it's a loaded team. And so the Pacers were cruising and then you go into the fourth and it was just like, your two-time MVP. That's why he's the two-time MVP just like takes over yeah. and eventually the Nuggets <laughs> end up winning the game. So I was like, at the end of that, I was like, I know the Nuggets have been like a little injury ridden, but like have been on the brink of like a, a finals appearance. It seems like for the last, you know, 
couple, two to three years. So I don't know my takeaway from seeing them like full, fully one game. I was like, this team's pretty good and probably has a shot to go pretty deep in the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they have the depth now. Um, that's been a kind of concern that you brought up about Jokic's uh, foul trouble. Cause we've run into that a couple games, right? <laughs> Him being a little bit, um, when he gets aggressive, he'll get into foul trouble. He's also been a little non-aggressive at times where he's more wanting to dish off the players, like create those assists, which is great, but you'd like to see him like get to the rim a little more and get foul calls themselves, uh, himself, you know? Uh, but yeah, it's been, it's been great so far. I've been really enjoying this season. It's definitely a change from the last one where he had you know, a lot of guys out. Totally. Well, when I look at the cards you post on a regular basis, I, think it's inevitable to tell that you you're not just a new nuggets fan you've been in the you've been a nuggets fan probably your entire life so i the thing i think that stands out to me the most and maybe it's just like my connection with nostalgia and collecting growing up but just dude i like feel something every time i see your like antonio mcdice cards and i don't know if it's like <laughs> that era yeah. of my life but he was like one of those guys that like i, I don't i feel like we always collected rookies and he was just a guy mm-hmm. that like it just that time is like, man, this guy could really be something special. So maybe like talk a little bit about just like where your connection with the Nuggets come comes yeah. from. It's uh, interesting you bring up McDice because that's actually what got me into collecting mm. Nuggets. So uh, prior to moving to Denver, uh, my family moved out here in 96. So I pretty much got in the cards in the junk wax era, right? I grew up in Boston, actually. So mm. I was young at the time, but a Celtics fan. Then we moved out here and that just happened to coincide with like McDice being a rookie at the time, getting to see a couple games when I was a kid. And, uh, that was my first PC, you know, back then it was just like, Hey, I got a couple cool rookie cards of this guy, but that's really what started, um, collecting nuggets for me, uh, was McDice. Kind of interesting how that worked out. I feel like I'm definitely learning something. I would have had no idea there was a a, a, a Celtics lineage in your, yeah, in your yeah. fandom. So uh, was was it just like I'm moving? I'm like breaking now, and so now I'm getting into Nugget stuff. Is that how it went? Yeah, I I think you know I've always wanted to support like the local team. I mean, I was I don't know, let's see, 16 at the time, so I was in high school. So it was kind of like the tail end of me collecting anyway. Before I took a little break, like a lot of us do. Uh, but yeah, that was, that was when there's tons of hobby shops still around, you know, my brother and I would always travel out to the hobby shop, buy a couple packs. And I remember having a couple of his cards before we moved out here and thinking, oh, this, these are kind of cool. I like this guy looks pretty promising. And then when we did move, you know, and I got more invested in like the Nuggets team, uh, that's when I started going after it a little bit more. And we're talking, you know, like low end flare rookies and ultra rookies and stuff like that. But it was, uh, it was fun at the time. And, you know, that was 95. So 95, 96, you started getting into more parallels. So you could pull like a stadium club, orange parallel or something. And, Oh, this one's more rare, you know? So that's kind of got me, uh, going down that path of like late nineties. stuff, Right. I want to talk a little bit about your, your team collecting, but before I do that, maybe like I would imagine McDice, he's been the catalyst for this collection. He would be on this, but maybe like uh, give, give us like, when you think about your nuggets collection and like areas of focus, like who's on your like Mount Rushmore of like my nuggets PC, like which, which like four players. 
Uh, four players all time. <laughs> just, just like um, within your collection. Like, yeah, sure, if, sure. <laughs> if, if, like if the dust settled, it'd be like these four players are like my primary Nuggets PC. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, uh, if we're talking, so I'll split it up into kind of old school and new school, I guess. We'll pick two from <laughs> each of those. Uh, <laughs> I would say um, Alex English, you know, for sure, for like the Hall of Fame, the legend. I was like going after his stuff even though I wasn't really watching him, you know, at the time that he played, but it's more or less that connection to like the past Nuggets teams that were so great, you know, when he was, he was playing definitely McDice. So kind of those from more of the old school side. And then, you know, uh, as far as newer guys go, uh, definitely Jokic we could put in there. I mean, you know, <laughs> just what he's done. Right. But I really like Gary Harris and he's one of my main PC guys, even though he's not playing for us any longer. He's really what got me back into collecting current Nuggets cards. Um, so I always have like a soft spot for him. No, I, I, I love the Gary Harris shout. So I, yeah. I watched Gary Harris in, in high school because he played at Fisher's High School, which is about 20 minutes uh, north of where I live. So oh, yeah, got, to, yeah. got to got to see him uh, play early. And it was it's fun. It's like I saw this with George Hill when he was at Broad Ripple. It was like you see these guys playing high school basketball and uh, they might not have all the traits and attributes that like they possess as NBA players, but it's like something about them, like consistency, flow of play. It's just like these guys are probably going to go to the NBA. You could just tell. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I, I've always really liked his you know, I don't know what you call it, grit as a player, just like his willingness to defend, you know, he's, he, he knew like he, he wasn't always just going to be an offensive guy. So he developed a lot of defense uh, and just like a down to earth guy. Uh, so that's really got what got me collecting him. And interestingly enough is like I said, kind of got me back into collecting nuggets again when he was drafted, I had kind of swayed from the path a little bit and started more going off like, rookies you know like we all do yeah. at one point but uh yeah landing one of his cards um back then a bigger card actually got me back into doing like more current nugget stuff that's awesome so we, uh i so see you, you mentioned swaying off path i think when people get back in the hobby i'll raise my hand it's like off path you're trying to find your footing and then yeah. i don't know it's like you hit these moments where it was like gary harris for you where it's like you get a card and i who knows maybe it's like it just somehow ends up with you and you're like, you know what? Like I care about this card a lot more than this other stuff. Cause it means something to me. So I, I feel like as a team meeting team collectors, there's, there's definitely intention and reason. It's like, you're watching all the games you're going to games. And yeah. so maybe talk a little bit about just like advantages of being a team collector, like what you like about it. Yeah. I, and like you said, it, it helps you stay connected to the team, especially for like the rookies where, if you go out and buy that rookie card, you're maybe more attached to watching their career, right? And kind of falling along with their career. But I think just in general, uh, being a team collector can be helpful because it helps you stay focused, not only on, you know, your team, but just focused on the hobby too. There's a lot of avenues you can go down in the hobby and paths you can go down. I, I feel like team collecting keeps me really focused on like the cards that I'm looking for, the cards that I want to buy and not um, get too lost in uh, prospecting or any of that kind of stuff, you know? So that's, that's really helpful in my opinion. But yeah, I think the biggest part is like staying connected to the team. If you're 
rooting for the team, why not have, you know, their cards and kind of have some investment in a way, not necessarily monetarily, but just in something that you possess that, you know, you enjoy looking at or whatever. What are your thoughts? Like one of the things is I've spent more time like curating and building out my Colts PC. Like one thing I really like is the ability to like go grab a player and get like the best cards and the best products of the certain player. And they might not be a hall of famer or they might not be a pro bowler, but it's like, man, I I can never own a Peyton Manning in this card because it would be way out of my price range. So maybe (laughs) like talk about a little bit about that dynamic. Yeah, sure. Sure. Uh, So I used to, well, I still do it if I can, but I'll go after hiring rookies of Nuggets players. If I can kind of stopped a little bit with Michael Porter jr. (laughs) <laughs> because his, his prices just got a little bit out of hand and I just felt like it wasn't, you know, something that I wanted to spend a ton of money on. Just, you know, I got a couple and, and I was happy with that. Same kind of with like Bones Highland, even though his prices don't really reach that level. I feel like I'm going to give it a couple of years, you know. Um, you know, the best card of, I got of him is like a Don Russ base or something like that. But uh, but yeah, I think um, I think that's that's a good way to do it is is kind of look at, okay, well, can you afford those cards? Right. And then maybe I always like to to see what they compare these guys to. Okay. So, you know, what do they compare Michael Porter Jr. to? I think they compared him to Durant or something like that. (laughs) And then you have to think in your head, is he going to be a Durant? I mean, does he have, could he reach Durant's level? And then you go back and look at some Durant cards from his rookie year that might be comparable to the one that you want. And you can say, if let's say best case scenario, Michael Porter Jr. is the next Durant. Am I paying five times what I could get, you know, get a Durant card for, or is that kind of similar in value? Or let's say, you know, maybe he ends up having slightly lesser of a career. Like, am I overpaying for it? That's how I justify, like, am I willing to spend that money? I absolutely love that. I was having a conversation with my brother and we were talking about, you know, with, with this Pacers team, they have a winning record. They're over, they're fun to watch. Uh, they're we, no one expected them to be in kind of like a win now mode. And a lot of that is because of the backcourt Halliburton. And then, you know, Matherin has been just the best rookie there has been. I mean, he's averaging 20 points a game and he's out coming off the bench. And I'm thinking about this and I'm like, God, he's got me so excited. Well, he's going to get the rest of the hobby excited. And they're like, I can't even imagine what his gold print, like there's no way I could afford his gold prism. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, part of it, it's like, it sucks. And I think you've probably been there with uh, Michael Porter Jr. Where it's just like, man, I'm sitting here, I'm investing my time. I'm going to the games. I'm watching them every night. They're like <laughs> making me really happy, but I can't go afford the cards and somebody yeah. else is going to come out there and scoop it up. So I don't know. Like, I think we all kind of face that at some level, but it feels like team collectors really uh, feel the heat behind that, um, especially yeah. on the rookie side. You do. And, and I think um, a strategy for me has always been let the hype cycle die down a little bit, wait a couple of years, see what it's going for at that point. I think if you tried to buy in the last two years, Michael Porter Jr., you're not going to get close to getting any of those big cards. I bought most of the big cards that I have of his, I bought prior to the run up, you know, during, during the pandemic. Uh, but yeah, it's, that's one thing you got to consider is, do you think you can get that card down the road? Maybe if it's a one-on-one and it's your only shot, you're going to go after a little hard, harder than you would. And you can justify that price. But for me, I don't really buy to sell. 
So I have to justify, I'm going to buy this card and keep it, you know, mm-hmm. is it going to be worth the money that I'm going to put in knowing that I'm not going to try to flip it in a month or two for more money. <laughs> totally. You know, I view your page and view your activity and just, it doesn't take too long to be like, all right, this guy's a, a collector over everything else. Um, and so like with that mentality, being a collector, like, you know, just since I've been back in the last three years, there's been so many cycles of people coming in and out, cards going up, cards going down. Mm-hmm. And definitely what I've understood from all of this is just like, it's always like the, the collectors are the ones who are always like, let the craziness happen. But they're always the one, no matter the condition of the market, they're buying cards because of the passion. They love it. So yeah. I feel like you're a voice of the collector in the community. Um is it just natural for you to kind of like take that role and express yourself in that way while all the other hoopla and craziness <laughs> is going on? Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you're right. And and that's really the foundation of the hobby, I think, is collectors. When all, you know, the crazy price increases go away, what's going to keep the hobby propped up after that? You know, it's going to be collectors. So that's always going to be, you know, your voice, your foundation of the, of the hobby. And it's not to say that people selling cards is a bad thing. I sell cards and, you know, purchase all the cards and put it back into the hobby. But I think uh, when it comes down to it, that's really what, um, what keeps it afloat through these like cycles, like you're talking about. Um, and I, th- I think too, when you're buying to hold it and you're buying for your collection, you have more of a connection to that player, that team, you know, that's really what it comes down to for me is, is, um, you know, I'm a team collector. Other people collect players. They follow their careers. It's that connection, you know, that keeps you going after all the, you know, hype cards that you sell off. What are the ones that you're going to keep is usually the ones that you have that connection to. So I think that's, you know, like when we talk about cycles, um, that's kind of a big one. That's what keeps people going after they're not making money hand over fist, you know? Yeah. And I think one of the things I've noticed that you have kind of brought to the the forefront of the Instagram community is just your binders. And we're going to talk yeah. about a card that was in one of those binders in a, in a little bit. But I think, I don't know, I'm fascinated by that because you're there's continuity between the nuggets collecting. It's not, I, you're not just like aimlessly buying cards and putting them in a binder, but like there's uniformity, which I think is super cool to see like it's like you're building something and you're sharing it with everyone else. So mm-hmm. maybe talk a little bit about like your, the binder mentality, like how, how you're organizing them, why binders, uh, like projects you're working on, yeah. just how you approach the hobby and how binders are a part of it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, binders have always been something I've been into since I was collecting as a kid and that's mainly to put sets together. So back then it was, you know, you could buy, a couple packs for a couple bucks, right? So eventually, after a couple months, you'd have almost enough for a set. Um, so that's kind of how I started with set collecting. And then I would say pretty much more when I got back, I got into the team collecting aspect of it, um, where I go after Nuggets team sets of different releases, right? So a lot of my binders are organized by like a release. Uh, let's say it's Prism. and what I do for prison is I do silvers, the mojo uh, that they started coming out with. And I think 2014 was like the first mojo. They numbered them in 2015. That's, I love those. And then I love golds. So those are kind of the three that go into my binders. And I also organize them by refractors or like the chromium stock ones, right? 
So for Prism, you had Prism Silvers, but going back to like Tops Chrome, you had the, you know, Chrome Refractors and the Chrome Golds and stuff like that. So that's like one binder. And then I'll have another binder for just like, you know, the quote unquote paper cards, right? Uh, different parallels within those and, and things like that. But that's, that's mostly how I'm organizing my stuff is, uh, is based on just those team sets within different releases. I think you showed off a gold prism set. And I think every, like when everyone saw the picture, everyone's eyes were probably tracking. Like, <laughs> Does this dude have a Jokic in and sure as hell you had the gold Jokic, which is a card. I would say, you know, uh, man, like for what player he already is to all he has left in the tank. I mean, that's, inevitably if he quit playing tomorrow like that card is a an iconic card especially for a player like him and to see that card which i don't even know what it's valued at but i would imagine if you were like hey this is for sale like you probably have a lot of people lining (laughs) up at your door but just to see that in a binder (laughs) just like it, it made me feel like man this is this is like a collector's collector right here so talk about like when the when you shared that i would imagine you expected some sort of response but maybe talk a little bit about the response and what what people had to say about it yeah sure i think um (laughs) you know the first couple comments were like oh you know this is cool to see and then i think uh james picked it up and put it on his page (laughs) and it kind of blew up and you know he was just poking fun a little bit hey there's a Jokic rookie card in the binder (laughs) but hey you know what it's been in that binder or various other binders since I got it in uh, 2015. So being that Jokic was actually drafted 41st, nobody thought he was going to be any good, right? So I was just buying cards because I always buy Nuggets rookie cards. I, I'll tell you what I paid for that one. Yeah, bucks. I was going to ask. Bucks. <laughs> yeah. So to me, you know, it was always just like, hey, I'm just going to keep it in my binder. I had my sets together. And really the reason it hasn't come out is because it's part of the, set it's part of the i like to complete these sets you know if there's like a little missing spot it kind of bothers me we all probably have a little ocd right so (laughs) that's like more of the completion side of it but yeah the response was is really great even when you know that meme went up uh people were commenting hey this is great to see an actual collector (laughs) you know because i think we we've seen a lot of people even probably guys that you know had that card and they were following Jokic go grade it and, and maybe at least have it graded. Right. Well, that's it never really crossed my mind to do it. I just wanted it in my binder for completion's sake, you know, that's a, so maybe talk a little bit about the, I would imagine since if, if you were in a position to buy that card for 60 bucks, you've been following <laughs> him from the jump, maybe talk a little bit about like the Jokic collecting community. I would imagine just as, his first MVP at Brew, his second MVP yeah. is growing even more, but maybe talk a little bit about the progression and what you've seen just in interest for a player like him. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, I think um, like everybody else, I probably sold a lot of stuff too early, but it was never really my intention to sell, but I did see him getting a little bit more exposure. And this was back before his MVP seasons. This was more when he was getting to be more or less the starter on the team. And people were saying, oh, this guy's actually pretty good we traded away uh Yusuf Nurkic at the time and he was our starter and him and Murray just kind of gelled and we were making small waves, you know, Nuggets are still a small market team, but back then, and this is, uh, I want to say 
I don't know, 2018, 2017, 2018, I thought, all right, well, let me sell some of these to buy some other rookies or something like that. So I sold a bunch of nice stuff. That's probably 10, 15 times the price now, right? But uh, yeah, I think the ones that I really like, the ones that I held on to are the ones that I probably always would have held on to. So if I sold them yesterday and made a, a bunch more money, oh, you know, oh, well, not really that big of a deal to me. It's just like I held on to the ones that I knew I was always going to keep. Gold Prism, like his Immaculate RPA, stuff like that. I just won't ever sell. But yeah, it's it's interesting to see where he's come. And I, I still kind of think, you know, like we see all these crazy prices on the newer guys. Like he doesn't really reach those levels and and some of the stuff is still kind of attainable now. So, you know, in, in a way, not not compared to 2015, of course, but... Yeah, someone's gonna call me out on this, but because I I don't I'm not looking at card ladder or looking at the data right now. But like my instinct would say if if you put like their their cards side by side and put the prices, I would imagine like like Anthony Edwards and Lamelo Ball are probably selling for more than Jokic in a lot of instances. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I you know he didn't have a NTRPA; it was just an autograph. So his immaculate rookie with the patch the most people would consider that his like true RPA. Um, I think one sold recently for four grand, um, which is nowhere near like what a John Moran or Lamello itself were. Those are tens of thousands of dollars. So that's just as surprising to me. Although, you know, like I said, I, I'm like, I'm kind of like you, I follow prices on the backside. I'm not too invested in it. Um, you know, tracking all the prices on, on this stuff, but it does feel like, a little bit of a discrepancy there between right. guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, my, my th- I'm not. I never want to disparage like, like a, you know, John Moran, Anthony Edwards, Lamelo Ball. Like they're all incredible players, future in the NBA. But it's like if you're watching League Pass every night and you just turn on the Nuggets and you're watching what this guy's doing and you look at the stat line, it's like, man, like if you want to invest in a player, it's like, what more could you ask for? Like he's giving you, he's giving you hall yeah. of fame numbers every night, but exactly. the hobby is a funny place. Um, maybe we close out with this. I'd love, love to learn maybe about just like your overall collection, like types of cards, players, like what are some of your favorite cards that, uh, are like, I'm never going to sell this. If I yeah. turn to my PC, the, these are like the cards I'm picking up and looking at. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I got three for you. Um, awesome. So these are really based around like memories or stories for me. My cards have value and I'm sure everybody does, but these are more based around like what happened for me to get the card. So this first one I got is this uh, Gary Harris. Uh-huh. Oh, nice. Yeah, the horizontal RPA. So this is this is actually the car that got me back into collecting current nuggets. Um, I was joining group breaks at the time. This is back when you could get into NT break mm-hmm. for like the nuggets for like 60 bucks, 60, 70 bucks a spot. <laughs> a little bit different nowadays, I'm sure. I think I did two pick your team cases, right? And then one random. So that one came out. And I remember the the breaker asking me at the time, like, oh, you're a Nuggets collector, I guess you're from Denver, and I kind of, kind of was, kind of wasn't. <laughs> so once I got that card in hand, I decided, you know, hey, I, it's enough, enough going after these rookies. Like I was at the time, I think chasing like Jabari Parker and Andrew Wiggins. Like at the, you know, they're the big guys at the time. It's like let me get back to Nuggets. So that card, uh, that Gary Harris in TRPA, has really got 
got me back into collecting current nuggets again. So I liked that story, you know, and how it was pulled and how the guy asked me, you know, um, got back onto the path, so to say. So that's, that's number one. I, by the way, I, lo- I love the fact that group breaking and a story with breaking got you back into like finding <laughs> your inner self. There's a little yeah. bit of irony in there, but yeah. it's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. And you know, and it's, it was kind of at the time where I think some people, you know, some of you listeners probably relate to this is like when you get back in, you know, and you're going after all the prospects and all that, and you get back into breaking. I'm actually, I haven't broken in years, uh, but it was, it was like exciting at the time. Oh, let me get the latest rookie cards. And, you know, it's kind of brought me back to when I was a kid, but then I realized later on, it's like probably blowing a lot more money than I could just buy in these card singles. But yeah, it's, it, it, back then it was, it was not anything like nowadays. The prices were, were relatively cheapish, especially for the nuggets. You know, I could buy into those breaks for ne- next to nothing. So I put together a lot of my sets actually based on a lot of those breaks. Cause if you could get the breaker to send you the base cards, which a lot of times they wouldn't do uh, back then, then you could put together like base Donruss, base hoops, things of that nature, you know, prism, whatnot. But yeah, it's kind of interesting that <laughs> it came from a break. But yeah, let me show you the second one here. This is this uh, Keon Clark <laughs> Essential Credentials Future from 98. This one actually be numbered out of 13. Wow. Kind of see it, but yeah. probably a card that I never thought I would get. I would have a chance at because you just never see those really low numbered 90s ones. Uh, but when I started posting on Instagram, I think it was 2018, maybe late 2018, something like that. I think it was 2019 when I, I met Rob. He lives out here in Colorado. And he said, hey, I got a card that would fit really well in your collection. We should work out like a trade. Uh, it was that card. So we met up at a card shop. And this was actually, we, we, we've talked about it for a while, but it ended up being the pandemic hit. And then <laughs> we met up at a card shop uh, and did that, did that trade for some other 90s stuff that I had. But that's one's always going to be memorable to, to me because I got to meet Rob, form that connection with, you know, with him and get a really cool card that I always have in my collection. That's, you know, hard to track down anyway. Right. With a set like credentials and Keon Clark, like, you know, not the most popular player. I, when I saw the card and saw the name, I met immediately, like I hadn't thought about him in forever. <laughs> yeah, so it's, yeah. it's more, it's more, I feel like from a collecting perspective, it's more, it's like with, PMG's credentials. It's like, you've got these people who are just trying to get everyone. Is it, have you, have people seen you have that card who collect credentials and they don't have it and they're trying to get it from you? Is that, happening? uh, you know what I've had it, I've posted about it before. I made a video about it. I've never had anybody try to get it for me. So okay. maybe after this one, you never know. Maybe they will. Uh, but yeah, that's not for sale. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's, you know, like I said, it's just a cool story. Uh, really is what it comes down to. And um, I got one more. We got time yeah. for one more. Yep. And it's this uh, Jamal Murray uh, rookie oh. Wilderman out of Immaculate. Uh, wow. so, so that one I actually bought during the pandemic, the start of the pandemic, 2020. Um, and I had to sell a lot of cards to get it. <laughs> Quite a few. But uh, the guy who was, you know, who had it initially reached out to me and said, hey, you'd be interested in this. And he was going, you know, around. I, so he, I think he hit up a couple other Nuggets 
guys that I talk to as well. Um, but I said, yeah, give me like a week <laughs> and I'll do my absolute best to come up with a price. This is like the most I've ever paid for a card. But this is when cards like base cards, like base junk wax era cards were going for a lot of money. And, you know, cards that I had paid $10 for were suddenly worth a couple hundred bucks. So I did like a sales post on blowout, uh, some IG, you know, story post and was able to come up with that money and, and get the card. And it was all due to the pandemic, which kind of helped me out <laughs> because cards were valued more. And I, I had some of them that were high value that I knew wouldn't probably be forever. Some of which I've been buying back nowadays, but anyway, the, you know, it's just a cool story. I think in, in a way of being able to attain that card because of the pandemic even though I wasn't really a seller at the time, I was kind of forced to be in like, Hey, you want this? Let's, let's do what we can to get it. Did you buy it before, during, or after Murray's bubble play? Uh, it was, let's see, it was early 2020. So it's before. Yeah. That, uh, I remember so. <laughs> him having a good, I remember having him a good bubbles. So I can, I yeah. can imagine like with, I, I with the way, car prices were at that time. And if, especially if you were playing well in the bubble, it was like yeah. and thinking about those prices now. So good that you got in a little before the, the absolute madness. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I probably would have not had a chance if it was something in that bubble play. I love it. Brian, man, this has been fun. Always love talking with uh, team collectors, hearing the passion, hearing the stories. You can follow him on Instagram at mind cycle cards. Ryan, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Brett. Love that conversation. There is something a little bit different about those team collectors out there. I love it. So much passion. So many cool cards. Go check out Ryan's page at MindCycle Cards. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. Always coming back. More stacking slabs on the other side. You be well. Take care. <laughs>